My name is Lolo DePuzzolo, and this is Media Delta. So, uh, this is our first of a trio of special episodes of Media Delta, uh, where normally I kind of put in advance what things we are watching and kind of, you know, it's kind of like a rhyme and reason to why I normally like do things and like usually there's a theme. Uh, however, uh, this month I decided to break the mold or I decided to do something a little bit different, uh, especially since it's now going to be it is now December and um, we now are in the holiday spe- uh, season. And I was thinking of like Advent calendars and in particular, I was thinking of uh, like, well, how in an advent calendar you don't quite know exactly what you're going to get uh when you open up the little flap uh so i was thinking you know what how about for a month i just basically pick and because especially since we have three weeks that of media delta this uh this month how about i just say you know what i'm picking three movies and i'm not going to say what they are until it comes time to record or until uh you know you need to watch it but um yeah, so our first one that we have up, uh, this is one, uh, actually, I'll go ahead and say what the other choice was, because I did actually give a little bit of a choice. Uh, I gave two emojis to pick from in my <laughs> Discord. Uh, one, I believe, was a yin-yang sing- uh, symbol, which is what one, uh, and the other was how, what was the other, I can't remember what the other one I used. It was an alien. Uh, so, uh the choice that did not win uh, was They Live. Damn it! Uh, and because this, the kind of mini theme that I did not explain what it was, uh, was Sean Carpenter. Uh, so what did end up winning uh, was Big, Level, Big Trouble in Little China, a 1986, I believe, movie. I actually probably should have that up. Um, that was a John Carpenter movie. Uh, other things we have listened to or watched was they, uh, The Thing uh, uh, that was done by them. Uh, John Carpenter has done a lot of movies over the years. Uh, Halloween, Assault on Precinct thir- uh, 13, They Live. Um, the Escape movies. The Escape movies. Um, which actually I believe the Escape movie or Escape from New York. Escape from New York one? and Escape from L.A. Yeah. Yeah, was the first one, which actually... Uh, that movie is why Kurt Russell is the main role in this movie. I say main role in quotes. Um, well, Carpenter uh, had no, they had a good this is like what the fourth or fifth movie that he'd worked with Russell on. Like, yeah, they had a really good working relationship. I forgot he was in the thing for some reason. Yeah, he was bleeding. Yeah, well, no, it's 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 similar to how Tim Burton and Depp sort of gelled together, except. You know, this is a very good pairing that I enjoy watching. Um, but yeah, so uh, this is an interesting movie because uh, it's kind of hard to explain what it is. Um, <laughs> we, apparently, Google describes it as an action fantasy, which I guess technically that's true. It is. Yeah, yeah. I can uh, buy that. It's weird to think about it that way. But yeah, that's that's it. That is what it is. It's um, It's very much urban fantasy shit. Yeah, it is very much urban fantasy uh it is also urban fantasy in a um with a how would you describe like mystical uh, the it's mystical but also it is usually urban fantasy tends to be more european in terms of its base 
Uh, this very much is Chinese oriented. It's for the most part. I believe there's some other stuff thrown in, uh, but uh, yeah, that is yes, something the, interesting. The foundational, like, this is where the worldview comes from is based in Chinese, Chinese, like, folk religion versus the usual urban fantasy of, like, it, you, we say everything's true, but Christianity is honestly is actually what's the most powerful and not going to examine that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is an interesting movie, but uh, we will go more into that. Also, uh, with these mystery movies, I had a caveat, uh, caveat of no discussion of uh, basically thoughts until uh, the recording, which is right now, which also, as you already heard, uh, I was not the only one who watched this, so please introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Axe, and my head is about to explode. Hi, I'm Carnival, and I once again must remind you, when dealing with magic, go for the source culture first. Hi, I'm Torpid Typist, and I'm here to tell you that if a wizard gives you booze and claims it's magic, he's probably scamming you. Yes. Uh, and magic. So, I figure before... Uh, we kind of go into the group discussion. Uh, let's actually just go right into the one-on-one -on -one discussions um, to make it a little bit more uh, interesting because uh, then we can kind of see where everyone is uh, on in their own time of what they think of the movie. But uh, first, uh, let me go ahead and give uh, my thoughts on John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. I love this movie. It's very good. Um, like the energy that uh, Torpo and Axe brought over to the thing is kind of um, is maybe not to the extent of that, but uh, I this movie like there's not a whole lot of movies like it. Um, it's just a fun movie uh, altogether that it has a lot of good effects. Uh, the story's interesting, like the action's very good. Um, it's just a really damn good movie because uh, the acting in it is pretty damn good. Uh, Kurt Russell's like the the like the face of the movie, but actually he's not he, like he is a main character. Technically, uh, the actual main character, I would argue, like your main protagonist is uh, uh, Wang Chi, uh, played by Donald Dunn, who is done. Pardon the pun, but uh, he he was done very well. Um, this actually has a lot of really kind of a lot of uh, I hate phrasing like this, but a lot of the Asian actors that you kind of are like, oh, hey, these are like you probably recognize a lot of the actors in this. Uh, Victor Wong, uh, who, if you're like me, unfortunately, uh, recognize him as uh, the grandpa from the three ninja movies, uh, plays Egg Shen uh, or he or he plays Egg Shen, who is like a bus driver who also understands the magic around the area. He is very good in that. Uh, James Hong, who has been in a lot, uh, still even stuff, and I think he's like in his 90s at this point, uh, plays the main villain. Uh, very good at that. Um, Kim Cattrall's in this as the love interest, and she did a pretty damn good job as well, even though she's kind of a pretty stock standard love interest. Um, but yeah, like the other actors, Castro Wong, uh, Daniel Lee, Peter Kwong, uh, uh, the 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 pinnacle of the uh, henchmen, uh, Al Leong, is in this movie multiple times. He's actually even in like you could argue one of the final fights 
which is very he like very good in this movie. Uh this is a, just in general an incredibly fun movie. Uh that I I really like it. Um as I mentioned, the action scenes are good. Uh the acting's very good. Uh the soundtrack's pretty good, I believe this is. This is a John Carpenter movie, and I believe he provided the music. Yes, he did. It is good as always. Uh it is just a fantastic John Carpenter movie. Uh I think this is actually at the point in his career where just a little while after uh, his movies start to decline a little bit in quality. But um, this is like peak uh, peak Carpenter. Uh, like right after this, he did uh, Prince of Darkness and They Live. Uh, but then They Live, which is also another one of my favorite movies. Um, but then after that is kind of when his uh, peak kind of ended. And it's just a really fantastic movie. Um, in regards to like where I would put this in terms of like uh, ranking other stuff, uh, I think that uh, this is I, and I'm probably going to be. Uh, I don't know how the others feel about this, uh, but th granted, that's also the point. I would argue putting this in one, uh, probably one to three. It's going to be my range. I think this movie is fantastic, and I think it's just about on the same level as the thing. Uh, if not the thing, then you're definitely on the level of, say, your Commando and Hardcore Henry and all that. I just think this movie is fantastic. Uh, it is just fun. Like, there's probably some stuff that's not exactly uh, maybe might put your nose down or that a little bit in terms of its uh, use of Asian themes. But other than that, I think it is absolutely fantastic. Uh and we'll see if the others also feel about that. Like, say, Torpo, for example. Hello. Hello. So, um, what's your familiarity with this movie? I have seen it once before. All right. Okay, thank you. Um, so, uh, in that case, uh, since you've seen it once before, um, what are your thoughts on Big Trouble in Little China? Uh, it's very good. <laughs> Deep, deep thoughts, I know. Uh, but yeah, it's incredibly good. Um, it is one of Carpenter's best for a number of reasons, but I guess one of the biggest is forever that it is essentially taking the piss out of the whole white savior thing. Because ultimately the big breakdown is your boy, the main character, gets stuck uh, in Chinatown after doing a delivery. Him, this incredibly white trucker, uh, and then just all kinds of magic shit goes down, and his buddy Wang starts uh, helping out and taking care of everything and being the most competent person in the room and basically the main character, uh, despite Jack Burton being the point of view character, essentially. Uh, yeah, and... that is one thing I do feel like. I I do appreciate how much they are open to him just eating complete shit, too. Yeah, no, it is it is 100% Carpenter taking the piss out of the usual white dude saves everyone, even in any sort of setting like this. Because that's the standard in Hollywood. Hollywood is is very, uh, say, ethnocentric. Yeah. To the point where even the, uh, the, the fucking execs were complaining and had him put in a whole intro to make the main character seem more important. Despite him not being in ultimately like even in the big one of the big final confrontations, uh, shooting the ceiling and getting knocked out. Yeah, that was that's really good. 
<laughs> Which, um, to be fair, he he was low key tipsy. Low key, yes. Um, yeah. So, uh, is there any specific things you're kind of thinking about this movie? Uh, any specific things? Well, as I said, the, the taking the piss out of the whole white savior, white dude's gotta save everyone, solve everything kind of deal, because that was and kind of still is the standard. Honestly, it's a huge problem. It is very pervasive, even nowadays. Um, on top of that, I will say this: it doesn't make Jack any worse a character. He is still a very fun character, very affable. Everyone likes him because he's a pretty decent dude. He's just out of his depth. Yeah, it's not that he's not talented. It's just that he is going into something that he has never had to deal with before. And has no knowledge of. He's still fun, though. I think those are two things is like, despite taking the piss out of him, he is still a good character. He's not some sort of like constant butt of the joke or whatever. Yeah, and because he does get his moments of like competency, it's just also he gets his moments of incompetency. Yeah, because he does dumb shit uh, and doesn't think ahead, or is just once again out of his depth. Uh, yeah. Hmm? Anything else you would uh want to kind of bring up? Um, I guess just in general, I think Carpenter thinks a lot more about the race issue than a lot of other directors do or care to. And I appreciate that because there is a lot of thought that goes into this that is about not trivializing the Chinese actors in what they do. Yeah, uh, you also got like, like, especially uh, the breadth of actors that you get in this. Like you get a lot of um, actors that I would imagine probably would be like bit parts in other movies, like really oh, get typecast a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Victor Wong, for example. Yep. I mean, you also have the patron saint of henchmen, Ali Young, in this movie as well, where he plays a henchman, but a very good one. Or, or like, even the dude who seems at first like he's kind of a sleazy lawyer actually gets a lot of time in the sun and does a lot of good, uh, which is, uh, what was it, the cousin? Yeah, like, the cousin kind of comes in at the end and is, like, actually, like, is really good at what he does. But yeah, I, it's it's a very good movie that has a lot of thought into, put into it, like a lot more than some people might realize, and is one of the many reasons why I respect Carpenter as much as I do. Yeah, uh, he is a very good director. Um, so I guess uh, anything else? No, uh, just good action, good show, good music, all that. All right. Uh, also, so they do some real fucking dirty shit with the editing in that movie. Oh, yes. <laughs> they do some real dirty shit. Um, so I guess with that, uh, what is your ranking that you're thinking for this one? Oh, man. So for me, this is one of the finest. So anywhere from three to one, I'd be fine with. All right. I'll put down uh, one to three. I'll miss you. All right. So let's go ahead and see what does X think about Big Trouble in Little China? Hello. Queen that... Last time I spoke, and now I somehow managed to bruise my finger. That's unfortunate. These things happen. How are you? Uh, good. Uh, what are your thoughts on, uh, have you, what, what have you, have you seen Big Trouble in Little China before? So, considering the fact that I consider the thing the greatest film of all time, and I also, I really love Halloween, you, you kind of think I'd be a little more carpenter savvy 
and I'm not because only this year was the year that I first saw They Live. I've never seen the Escape movies, and I think I have vague recollections of Precinct 13 or Assault on Precinct 13. This I actually actively avoided because it didn't look like it was going to be my kind of film. Just a little too goofy, just a little too off, as it were. Um, but sitting down and watching it, I kind of realized I was missing out. Uh, because it's actually pretty good. It not anywhere near as cringe as I thought it would be. It's something that you kind of you see. It's like Big Trouble in Little China by John Carpenter. It's like this can go very south, very yeah. easily. But it's funny too because Carpenter isn't known for being a bad director or doing bad movies. Like I can't even think of any that I've seen between The Fog, Halloween, The Thing, this that I would consider a bad movie. Like he's very consistent. Even if it's just an average film, it's still pretty damn good. And he's probably one of the most consistent directors out there and writers as well, because the, the dialogue in, in his movies tends to be nice. And it has this nice snap to it, but it's not like Whedon-ish. It doesn't have that annoying snark and witticism to it. It's, it's very grounded. It feels very real, even when it's camp. It's just, there's a, a certain sort of, a feeling to the way he writes characters and the way he directs people that just makes everything fit. Like it feels natural uh, watching these things. It's a very interesting uh, feeling you get from his films. And this is obviously no different despite it going completely off the rails in terms of just doofiness. Um, just the 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 overall story is kind of funny because it's very I know you made this the, the little slip earlier, but it is very big Lebowski. It's a dude who just wants his truck. That's it. That's all that his character wants. And he gets dragged into this ridiculous mystical battle between two sects. Um, and it just kind of sort of spider webs out from there. And it's interesting to see all the stuff happening around the main character where while his entire goal, his whole myopia is centered on just getting his truck back and getting back on the road. That's all he wants to do. So it's very much it's I think it's a much better film than Big Lebowski, honestly. But um, that's another story for the Coen brothers. But um, this is this is some pretty good special effects. The final thing. Uh, the most well-known thing about this movie really looked stupid. And it, I think that's probably the worst point of the film for me. It, Yeah, the, the, the dude exploding is probably like one of the weirdest because especially it kind of comes out of nowhere. But then also they don't really talk on it. So it's like, OK, this happened. We'll just move on. Yeah, there's nothing. It has no impact, funnily enough. And I think the worst part of it is, is it looks really stupid. You know, like we talked about this during the thing. There were some moments that looked a little stupid, but they still had a lot of don't want to sound pretentious, but a bit of gravitas to it. There, there was there was a, a sense of uh, foreboding even in the silliest moments in that movie, like even how goofy the uh, the uh, stomach trap looked. Still, it, it fit. But this just kind of seemed like they went a little too far to the sign that they were going. Like, there's a little too much goofiness to it. And it felt like it was more something uh, befitting Roger Rabbit, or who, who framed Roger Rabbit. Um, and also, it's a very unsatisfying way to get rid of that character, 
Because if I remember right, he just gets mad and blows up. And that's stupid. I think the the gist was that basically he was trying to blow up because I think he was trying to take them out with him. Yeah. But it didn't work. Yeah, but even still, like, it's 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 very stupid. Uh, It's very unsatisfying. And it and it's just it's it's a bit of a, a sore spot on what is an otherwise pretty good movie, and it, I don't think it's bad enough to to overwrite all the other good. It's one one scene out of the entire film that's not that great, but um, I mean it, it's Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell's really good, and I I'd love to see like more. I want to watch more stuff in with him in it because he's just he's always really good at whatever he's doing and. And uh, he's enjoyable to watch, too. Um, I'm trying to remember some of the other actors. I don't remember everybody. Um, James Hong. I mean, it's James Hong. I, I don't know what more to say about him. He's, he's a wonderful actor. He's got such a unique and recognizable voice. And even, again, no matter how silly his, his roles are, he still lends this sort of believability, credibility to the characters and his work as Lopan is just, it's really, really good. He makes that character sort of pop out and seem much more lifelike than, than I think any other actor could possibly do with that, at least for that specific role. But everybody else I'm kind of unfamiliar with. I don't know. Uh, apparently uh, Carter Wong, the guy who explodes was played by someone named Thunder. I'm going to assume it's that, like a you American got gladiator. But yeah. Oh, Oh, my bad. Uh, Carter Wong plays Thunder because my brain is stupid. Um, and I've never seen him before, and I probably won't see him after. Uh, I, I think Kim Control. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm mumbling or rambling rather. Blah. So uh, special effects for the most part are pretty good. The costume design is fucking fantastic, especially Lopan. Lopan has a great wardrobe and I love I love it to pieces. Um, again, the dialogue's very good. The, the characters all seem to have a very good chemistry with one another. It didn't really feel like there was any particularly bad matchup between the different characters when they interact with each other. Um, I wouldn't say this is one that stands out as a film so much. Like, it's not something that will ever leave a lasting impression on me. Uh, it was fun to watch. It was, it was nice to have my expectations broken in a good way. And seeing that it was a much better film than what I was anticipating, I think it obviously helps enhance the the, the experience. And I do think that watching it on my own and having no idea what you had planned definitely does sort of skew my view on it towards kind of the better because I had no real expectation. And then when I figured out what it was, I was like, okay, let me go back to the expectation I had before. And by that time, the movie had already ingratiated itself to me. I was like, okay. All right, well, I'm here for the ride. Let's do this. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a good film. Uh, and uh, if if I've ever got asked to watch again, I definitely would sit down and watch it again. All right. Uh, so uh, with that, uh, what uh, what what ranking are you thinking? Well, it would be great if I was looking at the media delta list and not the retro rank rhapsody list because they're very different lists. Um. You know, I'm feeling somewhere between three and four. All right. Uh, where's my hyphen? There it is. Three and four. All right. I'll just hit the minus key. I mean, it, my, <laughs> my hand is like, I couldn't figure out where my hand was. All right. 
Anyway, uh, with that, uh, that was Axe's take on this movie. Let me try not to hit my microphone. All right. So, uh, Carnival, what is your experience with Big Trouble in Little China? So, this is watching this for the podcast. It's been my second time watching it, and I believe the first time I was watching it with a mutual friend of the show, Real Slavic Bear. But again, deeply enjoy the movie because it's very much a, yeah, hey, the rest of the world exists. They have their own things. And it's focused on, you know, the other, the rest of the world existing and how America has a lot of different subcultures in it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. Yes, it is actually very refreshing about that. Also, if anything, this movie was intended to be even more uh, uh but due to, you know, Hollywood. Yeah, uh, it was. It that's why Kurt Russell's character even exists in this movie. But um, anyway, uh, with that, uh, what are your thoughts on Big Trouble in Little China? I deeply enjoy the film. A good combination of well done martial arts action, a nice, quick, coherent plot that doesn't drag, and just a very enjoyable. Once again, John Carpenter's a good filmmaker. And very, even though his, even though he is cursed in the box office, he's very much a strong part of folk culture in general. Yeah, because it's like this movie didn't do that great in, uh, this did not do great at the box office, uh, which is a shame because that happens to pretty much all of his movies. Yeah. Uh, uh, with with some uh, like some small a handful of uh, exceptions, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, this is one of the ones that did not do that well. It's a real shame. It's always a shame. Um, but like, get uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Glad it's very well. Like, I don't know off the top of my head, and I don't feel, didn't have the time to go and directly research how much of like what exactly of just did they make up the name of whatever said god that uh, Lopan worships is not and it's like learning things about chinese folk religion is very hard due to the combination of resources not being super available due to both language barrier and hey uh ccp isn't super keen on giving those resources away and also there are a lot of ethnic groups in china that they don't particularly like telling you about so it's hard to find research but like it's very much feels like it's a something that was made with research in at least the way storytelling is done um also on cursory uh looking considering i look up shang or i i'm looking up the god that he worships in this movie and the first thing that comes up is the villain's wiki i'm gonna say that's probably not a real god probably not but again there's also there's a bunch of things about oh how is it romanticized and there's a lot of stuff but yeah probably not yeah um anyway uh is there anything in particular you want to, or some in particular, some things you would want to bring up about this movie? Uh, let's see. I let again, the big thing is like Jack Burton, the character cut Russell is like, as mentioned, is only as prominent as he is because of as, as executive uh, meddling. And it shows because Wong is the main character throughout the plot and is very much centered on, they kidnapped my my fiance. We gotta go. Hey, 
hey, I know you owe me 20, I know I owe you 20 bucks, but hey, come on, just help me out here, help me. And that's entirely just more of like, this is about him while trying to help his community out instead of, you know, this white guy who just barrels in and solves everything. Yeah, that 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 is refreshing, yeah. Um, anything else you'd want to uh, particularly talk about? Ah, uh, not really, just because it's like not knowing what others have said and probably have more things I can say directly more in a group discussion than just in an individual individual analysis. All right. Uh, well, in that case, uh, what is your ranking that you're thinking for this movie? Uh, I gotta say probably between three and five. Three and five? Okay. I'm having trouble finding, figuring out where my hand is. Okay. So with that, uh, let's go ahead and get everyone together for that group discussion. All right. So uh, now that everyone's together, let's kind of go over some of the uh, kind of big things about, or like the kind of the overarching things, uh, like say, uh, let's talk about the storytelling uh, for a little bit. Uh, so general consensus is that the, like the actual characters in this movie are very good. Uh, in just general, the theme of the movie, or like the plot and the themes that it has in it is just very good. Um, the the uh, the diversity of the characters, uh, the just in general, the the characterization of the characters also very good. Uh, dialogue, very good. Uh, so anyone have any specific things they want to bring up about those things? I like to I'll just bring up the biggest thing that it's just that it definitely is a movie that is that is we have a viewpoint character, but it's very clear that this character that Jack Burton is the viewpoint, not the main character. It, it goes to great lengths to avoid the white savior issue. That is a problem in a lot of Hollywood media. Yeah. It's it's nice. It also helps that he, much like us, is way out of his depth and doesn't quite get what's going on. Yeah, uh, that that is very refreshing. Uh, like this also like um, I like the fact that or, like I feel like especially with Victor Wong's uh, Egg Shen character, I feel it's also pretty good because you usually get a lot of the um, let's just call it like the grandpa stereotype. Uh, especially that like knows of the ancient arts, but usually uh, I am namely looking at the three ninjas franchise. Uh, they usually get the um, uh, they usually end up it, him being like hyper competent, but also or alternatively a complete goofball. That's like more of a like just a complete dumbass. Whereas in this one, it actually has a really good balance in terms of like. Uh, he is like very knowledgeable of like the magic that's going on, but also he can have fun with it a little bit, uh, which I appreciate that they are they're able to balance like kind of goofy with also very competent. Also, this this might just be me, but I appreciate that he's not constantly spouting out some sort of like platitudes the entire time and just talks like a goddamn person. Yeah, yeah. look, it's weird magic shit. I don't expect you to understand this. Just go with me. Um, yeah, and like I said in my bit, like I I appreciate that it's 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 not a bunch of one-liners. It's not a bunch of like 
witty dialogue. It's just dialogue. It's it's people reacting to situations in a way that feels believable as well as entertaining. Yeah, that that is very nice. Um, yeah, it's a very uh, basic story that, uh, like I also said in my bit, is very very akin to. I think this came out later, as I said in my bit. It was uh, the Big Lebowski, where it's it's a the central character is just a person trying to do a singular thing. And the rest of the world around them is just so chaotic. They can't seem to just do that one thing. And so they just sort of get like dragged into this weird conflict that has nothing to do with them. But they also excel at getting through it in in their own little way. Yeah. And also like the villain, Lopan, is also very good. Uh, yes. And he just chews the scenery. It's great. And that's what you get when you when you get James Wong. He's just a very, very good actor. And he's he's one of those ones that are just fun to watch in whatever they're doing. He also will take any job you give him. Yeah. Look, money's <laughs> money. He is still <laughs> acting when he is. God, I think I looked it up. I think he's like 94. Like he is getting up there. Um, Andrew, I, I, I am very. What was his last film it's something that hasn't come out yet if i remember correctly yeah he's still in shit that's in the works um james hong that's that's the wrong one he is 93 years old uh his imdb has uh does it actually give a number uh previous roles 451 he is in three movies coming up rock in patty lee and the keepers of the five kingdoms and give me my money uh, the last thing that he was in uh, was the grandpa in Gremlin's Secret of the Mogwai, which I've never heard of. And this looks bad. Right, that's right. It's they've a got show. A, that's right. Fuck. They've got a reboot of Gremlins that's in production or close to release now. But it's, uh, it's a TV series. Oh man! I now I know my friend is going to make me watch it. Yeah, but also like. He was in yeah, three Mulan. movies this year and four TV shows. Yeah, he was a character in Turning Red. So, I mean, I, I as they say, I appreciate the hustle. This oh, dude... also, yeah, he was in Everything Everywhere All at Once. So, yeah, he is he is still getting work, which he does good work. So that makes a lot of sense. It was also um, in a Turning Red as well, which was also a very good. Film. Like, he's a good actor and seeing him just get all these roles and just do all this stuff. Like it's, it's great. Cause he's just there. Yeah. And like, unfortunately, Victor Wong is no longer with us. Uh, Ali Young is still with us. I think he is now it is great that he is like moved on from henchmen to like patron saint of henchmen, <laughs> uh, which uh, if you are forgetting who Ali Young is, I will post a picture of him and you probably will recognize him instantly. Uh, he has a very specific look. It's this guy. Yeah, yeah. that dude. It's it's Master <laughs> Betty. Yeah. <laughs> it's the dude from Heart. It's the guy from Die Hard. It's the guy. Oh, God, I can't think of it like the any dude particular. Who always gets fucking destroyed. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I only really recognize him from Kung Pao Enter the Fist. It, that works. <laughs> He's also in, like Bill and Ted and also Die Hard. The lethal weapon. Um, but yes, he's also in the 1990. Okay, I need to walk away from this. Um, anyway, yeah, acting's good, character's good, storytelling's good in this. Uh, Music's also good. Feel the need yeah. to mention that. Speaking yeah. of going into the aesthetic, uh, the art, the music, the set design, and all that, everything looks great. This movie just looks really good. 
Uh, special effects. Sans one uh, dude exploding is very good. Yeah, there's some real filthy editing in there, but they make it work too. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and even the goofy stuff I feel almost makes it better. Or like how a lot of the acrobatic shit isn't even played as a joke, which is nice. That is a problem that happens yeah, the, a lot. The fight scenes are a lot of fun. Yeah. Also chaos, just pure fucking chaos. But it's an enjoyable chaos. It's not one that like drills into your brain. It's 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 it looks like everybody's just having fun. Yeah. By beating the shit out of each other, yeah. Exactly. Um yeah. Uh it is like it's also John Carpenter. It's John Carpenter doing the music. And it's very good. I mean, um, there's a reason the man inspired an entire fucking genre. Yep. Uh, also, <laughs> it was to cut costs. <laughs> also, uh, speaking of cutting costs, uh, the general editing in like this movie, outside of some weird special effects, like this is like an hour and a half plus change movie, and I think like it doesn't feel that terribly long. Uh, no, it, it just constantly moves. There is there is no yeah. downtime. It's real good for that. Uh, this is just, I think, an incredibly good move, like an incredibly well-made movie uh, for what it is. Like, you think that this is, would be complete schlock, but actually there is a little bit of art, like, or there is a lot of bit of art that went into this movie. Uh, it is good, dumb fun, but also it is very well done. Good, dumb fun. Um, that's... Unfortunately, kind of, as I, I mentioned, I forgot where exactly, but um, uh, this did not do well at the box office and kind of had to get, get revived by cable, I believe. This is one of those movies. It, it was a, yeah, it was, it was a uh, commercial flop. Like a lot of Carpenter, really, it's kind of a problem. Yeah. Traditionally, the man had a real bad time at the box office. Yeah. Um. Also, some uh, this movie also was uh, very inspirational for some things in other media. Uh, this movie is the reason why Raiden exists as a character in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> like that is not just a that is not just a hey this character's similar. No, it is explicitly been said that th this movie is a reason why Raiden exists. I mean, let's be real; he's fucking ripped wholesale from it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, I want to say that it, it's actually funny because I believe there are three. There are three characters in this movie that all later became inspirations for Mortal Kombat characters uh, because I believe Thunder uh, turned or was or inspired. Uh, was it Fujin? I believe. Fujin yeah. is Storm. Well, no, no, it was Lightning, Thunder, and Rain were the. Yeah, and then Rain was it, it helped you know Rain apparently. Who started as a joke. Like, it wasn't a, a real thing, and then everyone's like, yeah, this is great, and they're like, okay, we'll put him in. Yeah. But I think it started, with, it started with two, I believe, and then in three Ultimate, I think he was released. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. Uh, I think there was, like, there was also some potential, like, this was a role that was, like, Kurt Russell was kind of the pick, like, um, they wanted, or like John Carpenter wanted Russell in it, but I believe the executives wanted someone else in it. Well, no, they were wary because even Russell didn't initially want to sign on because he'd been on a string of flops up to that point. Yeah, because I, I want to say, well, Pat I mean, he was also this was also a flop. So 
I mean, yeah. yes, <laughs> but my my point is, Russell was not in a great place, like even personally, because he was kind of down on it. Yeah, but, like, down on on his just string of failures. And not to but, mention, before this was the thing which famously flopped in the the box office. So his his connection with that, you know, added to the to the to the mix. But I'm glad that he signed on. I'm glad the movie, you know, came out. It, yeah, it wouldn't I'm, be the same without him, but also, like, it's very obvious him and Carpenter have, like, a really good working relationship. Yeah. I want to, like, because I saw something, and granted, this is going to be trivia, so who knows how a- actually accurate it was, but I believe um, there was a case where Kurt Russell decided to do this movie instead of another... Um, there was a case where, yeah, so Kurt Russell had a choice between this movie or being in Highlander, and I kind of feel like... He made the better choice. Highlander is a fine movie. I don't think it's, it's a good movie. It's it's a, it's a serviceable fantasy film. Yes, the Highlander is fun, but it is not nearly as good or well thought out as this. I think yeah. the Highlander is more fun with age when you realize that it's Clancy Brown. Like all the stuff that he has done after that movie, like it is just oh, Mr. Krabs is this villain. Or what the See, other I, umpteen millions things that he has done since then. See, I, I was going to say it's a film about people, about people with funny accents playing the wrong accent. Yeah. Thank you, Sean Connery, for playing a Egyptian, Egyptian Spaniard with a katana. Yeah. But that's that and this is this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a, as you kind of mentioned, uh, does anyone else have any... Else, because I was just gonna say, this is a very good, like, very well made movie and a whole lot of fun. Yeah, and if anyone doesn't, if anyone doesn't have anything else to say, I think we are good to move on to putting this on the list. Yeah, all right. Well, then, with that, uh, I guess we will go ahead and rank this. So, we're gonna rank this using our normal one to 21 scale, with one being absolute matchcraft, really hard to get any better than it already is, to um. Uh, 21, which is not even fun, ironically, to watch. Like, it is just a very not fun experience at all. Uh, so, uh, there's actually a case where it's actually kind of funny because there are two pairs, essentially, of overlapping rankings things. Um, so we're going to start with the, the, the number that actually appeared in everyone's, uh, that appeared in everyone's, I'm trying to get this into the list, so that is why I'm trying to stall a little bit of time while I think about doing that. Um, anyway, yeah, there was a common number between all four of our rankings, uh, that one being three. Uh, so I feel like three is probably the best place to start with this movie. So, um... In three, you have Dirty Pair, Project Eden, Ghost in the Shell, Across Do You Remember Love, Streets of Fire, and The Rotel Dorado. I'm feeling Streets of Fire as a comparison. Yeah, I would. It's actually kind of funny because I think the thing with Streets of Fire, though, is that Streets of Fire has a lot of like it has really good atmosphere and like design and all that, like especially in just thinking of the music and all that. But also has a kind of dullness to it in a lot of spots. Yeah, that would be my thing. Is like I would definitely see Big Trouble is much better constructed than Little. I mean, Big Trouble is much better constructed than Streets of Fire, in my opinion. The better yeah, use of runtime. 
Actually, I think a majority of the things that are in three actually have a problem of there is a lot. There's some really good thing. The things that are in it are very good. It's just that there is a lot of like cruft in them. Like the closest thing to me, I think in three is the immediate comparison would be Dirty Pair. Which, yes, that is another like that is a very fun movie. But um, I would also say this is more consistent than Dirty Pair. Yeah. So, yeah. I can definitely say that three is a good place to start, but I think it'd be better putting comparison stuff up in two. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about the stuff. We we have a lot of things to compare it to in two. Like, say, for example, Alien, Aliens, uh, Commando, Hardcore Henry, Pat Labor, The Early Days, and the movie, uh, Secret of Nim, The Slayers, uh, particularly, you know, the show, um, Vampire Energy, Bloodlust, and Willy's Wonderland. I feel like the two things that are the best comparisons are Hardcore Henry and Commando. I was thinking Commando as a comparison because I think Commando in general is like, it's also another movie that is a lot of dumb fun in it. So So if anything, I would argue that I feel like Big Trouble in Little China is a little bit more consistent than Commando. So uh, consistent is very... I already used it, but it is a bit of an emulous term. But I will say this. The characters, I would say, definitely elevates it above either of those movies. Yeah. Yes. Hardcore Henry, I feel like a lot of that is elevated a lot by its gimmick. Yeah. Hardcore Henry is a movie with extreme. It's extremely good because of technical, technical craft rather than story. Actually, also in a weird kind of way i would actually almost also compare this to willie's wonderland i was about to say because like well the thing is i feel like hardcore henry's story was a little more ambitious at least from like a starting point whereas um again it the the big trouble in china is just about a dude trying to get his truck and then all this other stuff happens when i was hardcore henry has this like a, a lot a lot more connected plot that happens right away, so you get those pieces. Whereas with Big Trouble Little China, it really builds up to it, if that makes any sense. And I would say also Willy's Wonderland too, because of the way that they approach their their subject. Like Willy's Wonderland still tries to play its doofiness very seriously, but it's not too serious. You know, like it, it knows what it's going for. And Big Trouble Little China does that too. Where the only scene, the only scene I argue doesn't is the exploding man scene but other than that like it plays everything pretty close to the hilt and doesn't go too far into absurdity with it it go it just knows when to pull back for most of the film i say it's a good company in two yeah um just for some wondering i i kind of look into the stuff that we have in one i don't think it's gonna go fully up there it's like those are I mean, they're one for a reason. Um, there might be a little bit of things in this movie that kind of kick in two, but two's got some really damn good movies in it. Uh, and I feel like it has some very comparative. See, the thing that keeps me from putting it up at the one is that, yes, this is very good and influential, but like, I don't invert, like, it's not as genre defying as, say, just the other John Carpenter thing up there. There's also just some, it's the thing, it's a, it's an incredibly nebulous way of saying it, but there's just something about it that doesn't feel like it's a one. Like, I don't know how to, how to, how to actually 
Yeah, like, I don't know how to say it, but it's like it just doesn't have that like. Well, one of the key things that you've brought up as a definer for a. Uh, uh, being applicable to one is sort of in a way sort of its impact you know and its overall viewability for, across different uh, uh demographics and i don't i feel this is a lot more niche than the films in one i feel like this is this this it's not super niche but it, it it's not a broadly enjoyable film um and the other thing too about it is it's just like culturally I know that's that's a bit far, but like it's not a film that has had that big of. I mean, okay, it is an inspiration for Mortal Kombat characters, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, I'm, but I guess like, but outside, like, okay, let me pull my brain together. So, no, no, I get what you're saying is that it inspired those characters, but you wouldn't really know that unless you looked for it. It's not it. It, it Raiden is obviously that one character, but at the same time. It's not so widely recognized that you'd make that connection off the bat. Like yeah. when you told me that that was the fact I, I've played Mortal Kombat and I played almost every single iteration of it. I didn't know that. <laughs> so like that, that's kind of what I mean is it, it doesn't have that same cultural impact as those films up at, 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 at one. Yep. Uh, the other thing I would say about this that apparently has any much more like relevant, relevant to modern Thing is that uh, apparently uh, the redesign or the uh, apparently the 90s version of the Mandarin is apparently heavily inspired by Lopan uh, from uh, the Iron Man comics. At, at least if if, that okay. is if Wikipedia okay. is if, if Wikipedia if is given, to be believed. OK, now that you've now that you've given that, it's like, OK, yes, yes, this is correct. But we've got but also, another that's another thing we got to unpack and we don't have the time for. Right. Yeah. But, but again, it comes back to, would you be able to make that connection on your own or would you have to dig for it? And I, I, I think I, I, on that, I, I had to dig for it. Yeah. And like, unlike alien and aliens, which both had big impacts uh, in terms of on not just horror and sci-fi, but in a cultural sense, game over, man, is a, uh, there's really nothing in, I'm not trying to put the movie down, but there's really not much in Big Big Trouble in Little China that that's quotable or, or all that memorable outside of the the silly exploding thing. It's a good film, but like I said, it doesn't leave that kind of impact. Yeah, I think I think with that, I think we should just put it at two. I think that oh, that's fine. Uh, also, the full name of the title is Big Trouble in Little China, not Big Trouble in Little. Okay. Uh, also, there's not a whole lot of content things I need to bring out. This is surprisingly not... I, I still would say you gotta do the warning for gore just for the explosion. Oh, okay. The gore the gore I was thinking. But surprisingly for what this movie is, uh, there's not the portrayal... Uh, there's not a whole lot of really bad portrayal of, like, Chinese anything. It's maybe... Maybe you have some genericized kind of, like made up stuff but other than that no one's really like brought down because of it you have some kind yeah. of made up stuff but it's it's stuff that it things that are made up are like as i mentioned in the individual segment china is very big the the modern state of china is bigger than it has been traditionally for a lot of most of recorded history and there are a lot of different ethnic groups where it's like I'm still like I'm ninety percent sure that the god they stated is made up, but I still got ten percent where it's like, 
it could be something that they found a name and a specific spelling that could be very like in a very obscure text and it's like i can't like not say that it that isn't possible yeah it it very much feels like it's in good faith and i know i'm saying this sort of as an outsiding view but it doesn't feel like it mocks any of those aspects it doesn't feel like it's putting these things up there to be the butt of a joke or even in sort of a um uh i don't want to i don't know if this is too harsh of a word but not fetishistic of these aesthetics and and aspects it's more of you know trying to fit them into the story organically and make them you know representative of those things rather than just you know throwing them because you know hey you know this is really awesome yeah you know what i mean yeah exactly the the term you're looking for is that yes it doesn't fall into that pitfall and i think that that helps elevate the movie even more because it's very sincere yeah so Let's see, is there anything we want to call out in music cin- or music charm, cinematography, storytelling, action, or art? I um, would. Mm, I want to say cinematography, but I, is that where we're putting, like, set design? Uh, you could argue either art or cin- art. I would probably say art. Okay, I think the set design needs to be called out for just that soup. Probably one of the strongest parts of the movie. Oh, yeah, we also didn't forgot to mention that James Wong or, or was, like, or James Hong was, like, incredibly terrified through some scenes like when he's going down the escalator uh, because he was in fucking 12 inch lifts yeah Uh, i thought he was gonna fucking fall on the goddamn escalator but hong still pulls it off and i just uh i I love him as an actor he's so much fun when he pops up yeah it's because you can't see him shaking (laughs) uh the white face paint also did not help uh also i'd argue charm i would say the music yes Made with abundant love, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'd be fine with that. It is a carpenter. He did. I'd say he doesn't half-ass stuff, but um, his '90s output can be a little hit or miss. Um, and I can't really think of any nays. Does anyone else think of anything? Not really. No. Let me look at the charm list. Where is it? Nays. No. I'm gonna say no. All right. So I guess with that. Um, that is going to do it for Big Trouble in Little China. It is a very, very good movie. Um, so, yeah. Um, before we head out, Axe, or anything you want Sorry, to Sorry, wait, no, Uh-oh. shit, fuck you. Sorry, oh, no. I, I had to look away for a second. Fuck you, music's great. I'm listening, <laughs> I've been listening to the soundtrack this I entire fucking time. I know, I need to mention how good it is. I've been listening to it this entire fucking time, and it's great. <laughs> Make the thumbs up bigger, please. Don't actually do that. It'll break the fucking thing. I'm uh, sorry, I had to step away for a second. I can't, believe, I can't believe we have our first outro break. Anyway, um, <laughs> Axe, is there anything you want to plug? Yes, uh, the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network and your local SPCA or uh, uh, pet shelter. Yeah, whatever. Uh, please adopt them. All right, Carnival. Your local bail and mutual aid fund. Okay, Torpo. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Torpotypist and at Torpotypist on Twitter. And for once, with a hint of irony, I would like to plug the soundtrack to this film because it's very fucking good and everyone should listen to it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, with that... Uh, what's coming up? Who knows? You'll find out next time. I don't really have anything else to say. It's going to be another mystery, so who knows? Thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye.
If you would like to see the list in which we have ranked every single thing we've done for Media Delta, you can go to r3.ldp.life in your browser. If you would like to watch the sister show that determines what could show up on Media Delta, that's RetroRank Rhapsody, you can watch it live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash lolitlepuzzlo or on YouTube at youtube.ldp.life. If you would like to discuss this episode with others, please join our Discord server by going to discord.ldp.life in your browser, which should give you a link. Thank you again for listening.